Welcome to the What Is Life, the What Is Life podcast. Welcome to the What Is Life, the What Is Life podcast. Welcome to the What Is Life, the What Is Life podcast. Podcast, yeah. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the What Is Life podcast. Yes, it's your boy, your host, Sensei Spees in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Back at you with another episode, episode 39. And I want to say thank you for pulling up, stopping by, making this podcast, the What Is Life podcast, a part of your daily routine. Thank you for coming to kick it with your boy. Thank you for inviting me, letting me into your life, letting me into your home, letting me into your space. Thank you for growing with me. Thank you for letting me grow with you. This is amazing what we're doing. This is amazing what we're building. We're really starting something special here. And it's only 2020. Imagine where we're going to be at in 20. Uh-oh. Yes, 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 yes. So if you're part of the journey now, just think where we're going to be at 20 years from now. So I want to say thank you for holding me down. Thank you for rocking with me because if it was not for you all at home or wherever you're at listening to this podcast, this podcast would be non-existent. This podcast would never be played. This podcast would not even be alive because I wouldn't be making this. I'd probably be off somewhere doing something. You know what I mean? So thank you. Thank you. I love you. And yes, Pal Pullen is in attendance as always. He has posted up. He has my sock that he's using as a pillow. And he said, you know what? I love what you're doing. I'm loving these podcasts. I'm loving what you're saying. So I'm going to keep showing up. And I'm going to keep having you, Pal. So thank you for that. And I love this podcast most because we're all able to become more aware of our own consciousness And we can see the levels of consciousness that we were once at. Frequencies we were vibrating at. And we've learned how to reprogram our subconscious. And yes, you know, it's a daily, it's daily, it's a daily task with the subconscious. Because we can slip up. And when we do slip up, and when I say slip up, that means, you know, regress on this evolutionary process, go back to our lives that we were once living, the lives that weren't serving us. And when we do that, sometimes we get pissed at ourselves. We, we come down hard on ourselves. For example, when you're on a diet and you're eating healthy and then you have a cheat day, or you have a cheat meal, then that turns into a cheat day, and then it turns into a cheat weekend or a cheat week. We might get down on ourselves and say, this is not for us. Because we are regressing away from our goals. But we want to be progressing towards our goals. So when that happens... Just realize that, you know, this life is full of ups and downs. You're going to have a good week. You're going to have a bad week. But with this podcast, we're learning how to balance it all out. 
that's what's so dope about this podcast. So without further ado, let's get into it. What are we talking about today? Well, last episode, we talked about how life was a play. And a play is an action of expression. Now, these expressions can come from many different aspects of our life, of our genetic makeup of our human body. When we act off of our emotions, where are we coming from? We're coming from the heart chakra, what lies there, the moon and the earth. What's, what, what are emotions? Energy and emotion. So when you feel sad and you cry, you're expressing that. When you feel anger, you're going to express that through your words. You're going to express that through your actions. Or you might find a creative outlet to express that anger. When you're happy, you want to be around people. You want to share that happiness. You want to give people hugs, high fives, crack jokes, all that good stuff. We want to show off this emotion some way, somehow. When we act out of our ego, we're acting from our solar plexus. Our solar plexus is how we identify with the world, how we relate to the world, and how we want the world to relate to us. So sometimes that means enforcing our will, our opinion on other people, trying to be impressionable without others' consent. So this type of action leads us to putting down a lot of people, a lot of people's beliefs, a lot of people's opinions, a lot of people's actions and efforts that they're trying to display in this world. That puts us in a competition state. That puts us in a state of not wanting to see that other person win. That creates a crab in the bucket mentality. And if we have a crab in the bucket mentality as a community, then there's always going to be hatred, always going to be resentment because everyone is going to automatically assume and think that they're better than everyone else. So instead of trying to grow as one mastermind, one master community, one master principle, it's going to stay divisive. That's why acting out of the ego is so detrimental to the human being. When it's not in check, we have to check our ego. We don't have to kill it, check it, because there's a space for it, there's a spot for it. We all need it. If you think about the sun, the sun is what helps us grow, it's what allows life here on this planet. It's one of the aspects that allows life here on this planet. It provides nutrients for us. And when the sun is gone, we feel sad. We don't see the sun for like four or five days. That's kind of depressing. But sometimes the sun can be too hot. Or it can be just right, providing that warmth. And we're able to do that 
as human beings here on this earth. Now, sometimes we act out of our minds. (laughs) Get out of your mind. (laughs) That's not what I mean, though. What I mean that what I mean is when we think of logic, we think of the thoughts that we have. Right. The left brain. So we use logic to do everything. We use logic to define things. Really use logic as the source to live in this life. So to build on more logic, we get lost in these indoctrines. We start reading more books. We're in the information age, so there's so much that we have access to via the internet. We can virtually find anything. So when we use logic for everything, we tend to forget the experience. We're living off others' experiences and not going through them ourselves, essentially. So once we learn how to use logic with what we already know and then see how that combination makes us feel, that is how we, that is how we decide how to vibrate here on this earth. That's how we decide what ideas to bring down and live out. That's how we decide to play out this life. Now, when we act from our root chakra, that can be good or bad for us because that can have us having a strong passion for our desires, really wanting to feel these sensations through the body or it can be a driving force to really create some beautiful, 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 beautiful life in this 3D realm of reality that we call Earth. Because life is a play. And art imitates life. But a play, a play is acts of expression. Now, in this life, there there have been plenty of roles <laughs> created for us. This is such a big play, such a big drama, world drama that we're living in, that we're participating in. All of these creative minds adding something to this world every day. Whether it's a plant, whether it's another animal, another human being being born, whether it's another structure growing up, another house being built, another business started, a new role is being created for us every day. 
Think about how much time goes into a play. Think about all the different characters that a play involves. Sometimes it can involve one character or it can be as complex as 10, 15, 20 characters. No matter how big or small their role is, they're still playing their role. Like when you think of all the championship teams when it comes to basketball. When you think of when the Cavaliers won their title, their first title, they had Kyrie and LeBron. The rest were role players. Those were the superstars. Those were the two biggest characters on the team. When you think of the three-peat Lakers, you think of Shaq and Kobe. The rest were role players. When you think of the Bulls runs, there are two three-peats. You had Scotty and, and you had Michael, Jordan. But you also had your role players like John Paxson in the first three-peat. You had your role players like Steve Kerr in the second three-peat. Now, they're role players because they weren't asked to come in and drop 30 a night. They weren't come in. They they weren't brought to the team to, you know, win scoring titles. Like when the Bulls brought in Rodman, his role was to rebound. He was a glorified rebounder. I remember before Tristan Thompson of the Cavaliers at the time signed his max contract. I told my homie Daniel, I was like, yo, Fofo, this man, you're about to see this man get a max contract off of rebounding. That's how well the NBA rewards role players. This man signed a four-year, $80 million contract for for rebounding the basketball. That's amazing. That's amazing. So roles are coveted. You can have the biggest role or the smallest role. You just have to have the character to be built for that role. Now, what is what is character? Because life is character. We hear it all the time. He's a man of good character. She's a man of good character. Oh, she has bad character. He has bad character. They're, they're not somebody you want to be around. They're a bad influence on you. But when we think of the bad characters like the Joker and Batman, when he spoke, he spoke so eloquently. He made you relate. He made you question morality. He made you for a second think, okay, maybe he's doing the right thing. Because who was really in the right and who's really in the wrong? When we really get down to why people do what they do, why they choose to act out the type of characters they act out, we will have a better understanding of who they are as a person. And that's what the Joker, through the movie Batman, allowed us to see. 
So if you haven't seen The Dark Knight, go watch that. Great movie. But life is character. And growing up, we don't even know who our character is. But it's being built for us. Everything we're exposed to, everything we are taught how to do, what to do, how to act in this space, how to act when we're in the home front, how to act when we are playing sports. When we think about sports, we think about what we learn. Like when we, what, we, what do we learn when we learn sports or when we play sports? We, were, we learn dedication. We learn hard work. We learn teamwork. That's when we really learn about our roles. Because a team is one unit, but it takes what? It takes each individual role for the team to succeed as a unit. So there's no role too big or no role too small. Because these roles determine the success of the overall So that's why sports is also a great developmental tool for the youth and for us in life in general. Because the experiences that we gain through this teamwork that we have to exhibit when we play our roles, it's either going to teach us That what we learned about hard work, dedication, and teamwork, it's going to show us right then and there if it's still true, if it still reigns true today. So it's like a test. It's like a test. Because when you're on a bad team, you're going to find ways to make that team good. And if you're on a good team, you're going to find ways to sustain that level of success. And then when you venture off into your own and you're trying you're trying to knock down goals that you've written for yourself, that you're trying to attain, you'll know what it takes. Because at the end of the day, you are your own team. And you know what role is best for you And how you need to act to get what you need done. Because teams, teams show you how to lead and how to follow. And sometimes you have to follow your own lead in this world. Because not everybody's going to be on your team. Not everybody's going to be on your side. When you have a dream that you're trying to accomplish, not everybody's going to believe in it. They can't even see it, first of all. So people have a hard time. Believing in something that they don't see. But if they believe in you, then that's all you need. They don't have to believe everything that you're going to do. But if they believe that you'll get it done, that little bit of faith right there goes a long way. So what is character? Let's break it down. Care, actor. Care, actor. It's caring about what you're about to act out. When we act things out, 
it takes a tremendous amount of energy. It takes a tremendous amount of energy because we are expressing ourselves as a light. Now, when we think of light, we think of fire. Now, the first four letters of character is char, C-H-A-R. Now, when you think of something being charred, you think of something that's been set on fire. So when we act, we are demonstrating our light. We are demonstrating our fire. And then once our act is over, it determines our character. It determines what we just cared about acting on. Now, I know for a fact my character has been built off everything that I've seen. I've been told a lot of things. I've read a lot of things. But when I've lived through the experience, it's really shaped my character. Because I've been a liar. I've been a cheater. I've been a winner. I've been a loser. I've been a hustler. I've been a rapper. I've been a lot of things. Through all those things, some of these roles that we adopt, that I adopt, I like some of them. I don't like some of them. I don't like being a liar, but lying does help you get out of some shit. I love to hustle because the grind always rewards. I don't like being lazy because... Things don't get done, but I do enjoy lousing around, lay, <laughs> laying around, chilling. I do enjoy that. And a lot of these roles, they dealt with the environment that I've been around, that I've been in. Some roles that'll never go away is me being a brother, me being a friend, me being a compassionate, caring person. Because if that all goes away, then I know I'll self-destruct. Once I lose compassion, because then I won't have any compassion for myself. Not only that, though, every day when my eyes open, I'm building on these roles. I'm building on them. I'm adding to my character, depending on each role that I want to play. Like when I wanted to be a journalist, I started off as a sports writer. Then I became a sports editor at my high school. My freshman year, I couldn't believe it. Like me, sports editor. I was freshman class president. I don't know why I said that, but I threw that in there. But that was, that was just a really interesting year, my freshman year of high school. Just seeing all these things that I can be. Anywho, then I went to the Cronkite School of Journalism and learned the ins and outs of journalism and all the roles that lie within that field there. Then I graduated, so on and so forth, and here I am now. But I remember vividly back in high school, 
one of my best friends was is having a shitty day and she started crying and she looked for me to console her and I could only use my words but that didn't help unbeknownst to me she wanted a hug and that was awkward for me at the time because what I was thinking about in that moment was about everybody else's opinion, how everybody else would view me. The rumors that I feared that would pop up. Oh, Spencer and her are dating. Oh, this, that, and the third. Oh, Spencer likes her. I wasn't trying to hear all that. I was scared to hear all that. PDA at school, I didn't want to affiliate myself with that at all. But at the same time, when I'm going through that experience, when I was going through that experience, I still felt like I needed to do something. I needed to do something. Like whatever I was doing was not good enough. And then one of my other friends came up and hugged her. And then all was well. And I was like, man, I knew I should have went with my gut. I knew I should have did that. But I didn't do it. And then she messaged me later after school. And she just told me straight up. She's so chill for this. Like so fucking ill for this. That's fucking dope. She was like, Spencer, whenever you see me crying at school, or something like that. You know, it's okay for you to hug me. You can hug me. That's what you're supposed to do. My best friend. And I was like, damn. I should have known. I should have known. That was a real teachable moment right there for me. And compassion and empathy. Because once my parents got divorced and I moved in with my dad, like I didn't get none of that. I forgot what that even felt like. Felt alone, isolated, like nobody cared about my feelings. So when I feel like people don't care about my feelings, it's hard for me to care about other people's feelings when I don't even care for my own. Like if I was feeling sad, I would repress that so much and just block it out and literally just, I felt like a mute, if that makes sense. And I didn't like to complain to others about what's going on in my life because I felt like nobody cared. So if I felt like nobody cared, then why would I, you know, but I always cared. I always cared. But that physical side showing that sympathy, showing that compassion was lost in the sauce. So that was very teachable for me. And I appreciate that moment. I appreciate how all that acted out even till this day. Because that's a part of being a gentleman. Even with my first relationship in high school, when I had my first girlfriend, I did not know, I did not know how to act. It was all new. So I'm trying to be hard 
and not talk about my feelings, this, that, and the third. And at the same time, not care about hers. And that just led to a whole world of hurt. But it wasn't until after the fact when that relationship was over that I was able to realize that. That how I acted sometimes was an asshole. Because I thought it wasn't cool to be in love. Even though I love hard. Selfish. But through my actions, I was able to realize the man that I was and the man that I want to be. The fact that we want to be something in this life demands us to build on our character. To build on who we are. So when we are a friend We know how to be a great friend of character. When we are a husband or a wife, we are a husband or wife with great character. Even if you wanted to be the world's greatest thief, you can be a thief of great character. Look at Robin Hood. Robin Hood was a thief, but he's admired and loved because he stole from the rich and gave gave back to the poor. Isn't that crazy? So don't be afraid of the label. If that's the role that you want to play. Don't be afraid to be who you want to be in this life. Care about what you act on. Do the thoughts that we act on do we really care about do we really care about those thoughts that we be having and that we really feel like we need to express because not everything needs to be expressed not everything needs to be played out play it out in your mind leave it there and then get rid of it because once you once you express it in the physical everyone can see it everybody can be enlightened by it So be care be careful about what character you're trying to portray. I wouldn't even say be careful, I would say be mindful of the character that you want to portray or display. The better you understand your character, the more able you'll be able to identify with other people's characters. And you will understand when you're acting out of your nature. Because our nature is animalistic. It's very primal. When we act out of our character, we're acting in our nature. And that can be good and bad. Because our character does not give us instincts. 
Our character does not give us intuition. We already have that. We've already been blessed with that. Our goal, our job here is to develop that. And I believe that's what we're doing, especially here on the What Is Life podcast. So that's all the time that we have today for episode 39. This episode has been awesome. It's been a very fun one, a very cool one, a very enlightening one for me especially. So I want to thank you again for making this a part of your daily routine, your evening routine, whether you're cooking, cleaning. I don't care what country you're in, whether you're in Ireland, India, Kenya, Japan, Australia, wherever you're at in the world, yo, just thank you for tuning in. I love you. You're a special light. You're a beautiful soul. And if you haven't copped the book, A Love So Blind Yet, I really don't know what is wrong with you. I really don't know what your problem is. Like, do you, are you that against love? Love is the only thing that transcends through time, that transcends through space. Don't be blinded by it. Don't be blinded by the only thing that transcends through space that keeps us all connected. So go on to Amazon, go on to Kindle, go on to Books A Million, Barnes & Noble website, go to iBooks and go ahead and get you a paperback or go ahead and get you an ebook. <laughs> That's all I can recommend for you right now. That's all I can recommend for you right now. But as always, <laughs> this has been your boy, your host, Sensei Spees in the building. Yes, Mr. Cronkite himself. Thank you for tuning in to episode 39. We're about to dip into the 40 shorties. So stay tuned for episode 40. <laughs>